and welcome to the WordPress Management Show. My name is Johanna Fargusset and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Quinix. And today I am over the moon to have multi-talented Dutch superstar Janine Lebrun, Marketplace Development Director at Nike, movie producer, screenwriter and successful entrepreneur joining us here today. A warm welcome, Janine Lebrun. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Happy to have you here. Uh, nice welcome. And Shanin, we always start every episode with some quick warm-up questions where you answer as quickly and as shortly as possible. Are okay. you ready? I am. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> Great. So to start with, where are you from? Born and raised in Amsterdam. And what's your current role? Marketplace Development Director for EMEA, uh, responsible for the sporting goods marketplace, wholesale marketplace. But next to that, I'm also the founder of Hustle and Heart Consultancy, uh, where we mentor women in business and help corporations with programming and activating their ERG networks. And I'm also the founder of Maya Creatives, which is an audiovisual production company. And our mission is really to create um, inclusive content. Wow. <laughs> and not on the script, but when do you sleep? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's your biggest achievement, according to yourself? I think I will go with realizing a um, feature film, a romantic comedy uh, called Alles voor elkaar. Um, yeah, while receiving so many rejections uh, without any experience, without any network, uh, without any education, but still realizing uh, that feature film and doing that next to uh, while working at Nike. So I'm really also blessed and, uh, and happy with their trust and, and, and their uh, commitment to me and support. Yeah, that's, that's really impressive and doing that in parallel. <laughs> yes. Uh, when do you enjoy work the most? Uh, I think I have to go with when I'm working in a team on an impact project, uh, kind of a project that will make make a difference. And then I, I prefer to work um, on a project or a department where there's not a lot of focus, so you get a lot of uh, freedom. But then when you show the result, everybody's like, wow, that's amazing. Why wasn't I a part of that of that project? So really working on a team on an impact project. And what makes a good leader? Uh, a good leader, um, I think foremost is somebody who's inspirational, visionary leader, somebody who walks in front of you, next to you, and at one point behind you, but also somebody who really pulls out, um, uh, pulls you out of your comfort zone for your own betterment, and somebody who stretches your talent, I have to say. What's your um, motto in life? My motto in life is dream big, start small, but most important, start. Dream big, start small and start. Great. Yes. And what's one key ingredient to create a happy workforce? I would say recognition. Um, I think really seeing the value of your employees, really seeing them and really listening to them. And how do you do that? Always having the conversation always having the conversation and really seeing their mindset, seeing their, 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 their state of mind and how they are doing, really connecting. I think then when you see that and then you can really recognize 
um, their performances, but also really small things. And if you were to pick your top three favorite KPIs or metrics, what would those be and why? Um, I would say one, vitality. Um, really finding your purpose, work-life balance. I think as soon as you have that, you really unlock your potential. Two, I would say revenue, um, because I think revenue is a result of feeling vital and, and feeling agile. And then maybe three, well, three four, uh, I would say equality and inclusion, because I think it's really crucial that people feel that they belong and when, because when people feel that they belong, they really, uh, yeah, are at their best. And who is the best leader you ever worked with? Oh, I've been blessed to work with so many great leaders at, at Nike. But if I need to mention maybe two, the, the first one is Garrett Pope. Um, so he's not at Nike anymore. He is now a GM EMEA of Lululemon. And mm. Second one, I have to go with uh, Remco Klotz. And he's also not at Nike anymore. He's uh, currently the CEO of Grid Racing. So I th those were yeah, guys, men who were very inspirational, visionary thinking, um, caring, believed in me. Um, so those were really two great leaders. And last warm-up question, Michael Jordan or Serena Williams? <laughs> two, yeah. uh, two really cool Nike profiles. Yes. Um, difficult because yeah, both of them are great. But I, I used to play, play ball for, I think, six or seven years uh, when I was much younger. Um, but I, I do have to go with Serena. I think she's just this powerful female, uh, impressive elite athlete. Um, so really, she's very inspirational. I also follow her on Instagram and she, she really uses her voice. So I would go with Serena. So Serena, that's a great choice. And actually our, our yeah. colleague, Lori Pace, used to be a tennis pro and used to play Serena, I've heard. So that's uh, some insights. <laughs> yeah, really cool. So I have to speak some tennis with Lori afterwards. <laughs> now, in the last episode of the Workforce Management Show, I met with the former CEO of Starbucks, Jim Donald. Yeah. And yes. he was one of the top 25 CEOs in the world. And he shared his playbook to success with us, where an important part was to encourage risk-taking. Yeah. What's your take on that? I saw that episode. I loved that episode. It is a tough, um, tough job to follow, Jim, I have to say. Um, but I yeah, really, really love that. And, and I totally agree. I uh, totally agree with what he's saying about that. I think without risk, there's no progress. Without risk, there's no, no change. Uh, you have to just show guts and, and, and act outside of your comfort zone. And, and more important, keep on innovating. I think it's always crucial when you think about risk-taking, like calculate the risk, what does it do with people? Um, who and what do you need to 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 transform? Uh, and when I think about risk taking, I immediately go to our campaign about the the, the controversial campaign that we did with uh, Colin Kaepernick. So that was for me a really risky risky campaign. So and could you just for the audience? I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with that. Could you just for us summarize that campaign and what the risk taking in that campaign was? Yeah, just so a quick update. 
I think what we did uh, with that campaign, we knew, but it was a calculated risk that we would alienate some of our consumers. Um, so that was that that was the risk that we took with that campaign. Um, and I think when the ad run, there were there were three three camps that 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 were um, that that were there. I think the one camp was people loving Nike even more and the campaign really strengthened kind of their appeal to, to Nike. I think maybe the second camp were were people saying, hey, Nike's becoming this anti-American brand and they really boycotted Nike. And I think the third camp is people thinking that Nike took advantage of a social political um, um, situation and, and exploited it for their own gain. I think those, and maybe in the audience, those are the three camps that 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 uh, that are there. But I think we all agree that the the campaign was a success. Um, but I think also not because it's a success, it should be taken lightly the decision that Nike took. Um, and, but I think that the, 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 the sorry, sorry, just to pause yeah. there, Janine. But there might be some people in the audience who doesn't know about Copernic. Could you yeah. just summarize kind of like what's the convert controversy behind him and kind of like the campaign? Yes. So he, for, for those who know, famous athlete, and he kneeled that, uh, during the, um, the anthems uh, when, when they were sung because of um, his belief that there was um, injustice against uh, black, the black community in, in, in the States. Um, and and yes, yeah, some people agreed and some people didn't agree. Didn't agree. And we run a just do it campaign with him. Um, so really, sometimes you have to sacrifice. Uh, that was that was the message that uh, that we run with that campaign. Going very bold as well, right? Yes, taking risk and being bold. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I think, and going back to that risk taking, I think you can only do that when you really know your consumer and really know what the values are of your consumer. Um, and I think Nike knew that really well. So they took an, a calculated a strategic uh, risk to alienate some of their consumers, but knowing that their core consumers, say 18, 29 male, would really resonate and stand behind what, uh, what, uh, what the campaign was about and what they stood behind with Colin Kaepernick. And also, I'm reflecting that it's also about knowing your company values and really knowing your company personality, right? Yes, it starts with that. But I think Nike is, is one of the, the strong companies and brands that always stands about, uh, behind their values. You're just doing it, innovating. Every person is an athlete, so I'm really standing behind that. So that's so cool. We named, we named this uh, show... Uh, with you and this episode to Born to Hustle. And yeah. that's a bit controversial. It has it's had to have some uh, negative connotations, but do you often say success comes to those who hustle? What do you mean by that? Yeah, I'm happy that, that you guys agreed upon calling the, the show this because sometimes when people think about hustling or hustlers, they still think about manipulative schemers who, who kind of take take others um, take uh, take advantage of others but when I think about hustling and and I call myself a, a queen hustler there's so many positive traits um, that I associate with 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 uh, being a hustler for instance when you talk about about business I think about people who are 
thinking quickly, quick on their feet, seizing opportunity, uh, great at sales, really um, um, uh, a talent for persuasion, but also take a, a, the challenge and always just make things happen. That for me is more of the, the, the hustling mentality. In, in corporate terms, you can say it's about agility, being agile. For me, I, I say it's that hustle mentality. Good things come to those who hustle, because all the girls who hustle, they don't accept less. They don't, uh, they always want to have the best and, and the, the best results. So that's why I say, you know, good things, success comes to those who hustle. <laughs> I, lo I love that. <laughs> and um, Queen Hustler. <laughs> so Queen name. Hustler, how yeah. do you create a culture of hustling? A culture of hustling, I think it's important. I think I think three things are important. The first thing is the people that you hire um, is really key. So really people hiring people that believe in that mentality. And then from store athletes to CEO, they all need to stand behind that type of mentality. So it's really the people. Um, second thing is important is the internal sharing of success by which proves that that mentality works and it doesn't always have to be perfect and when i say that i for example i re refer to um the breaking two so in 2017 i think it was um we had uh, um kipchoge um, tr trying at, at the attempt to break the, the two-hour uh, limit for the first time. He did that in collaboration with, with Nike, and the, that was documented in, in the, the, the documentary Breaking, uh, Breaking Two. And he was, I think, 26 seconds, he was short on, on, on nailing his, his goal. But even though he didn't make it the first time, at Nike, EMEA, WHQ, we celebrated the attempt. We celebrated what we learned. We just celebrated that moment. So even though sometimes something is not perfect, there's still a lot of internal celebration. And by doing that, you also create that, that hustling mentality. And I would also say just showing guts. And that's what Nike does so often. That's also how you create that, that hustle mentality. Love it. So uh, celebrate the effort as well, right? Exactly. Like, uh, share and celebrate the success, but also celebrate the effort. Exactly, exactly. And it's, uh, I can sense a part of encouraging failure or failing fast and learn from it. Would that yes. be right? I, I think so. I mean, failing to me is linked to success. So failing to me is is a part of success. Is it's maybe even the avenue to success. Um, so for me, failing is it's connected. Um, and if I, for example, look at myself, so I I did the movie, I, I produced or or really thought about the movie and and finally realized it. But according to the box office numbers my movie was not a success. It was a failure because at here in Holland, we calculate 250,000 visitors before you um, 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 have an, uh, you get your money back kind of. Um, and I didn't hit, we didn't hit that 250,000 visitors, but by doing the movie, I was able to, it opened up so many doors. Um, and I'm now the, the, the producer myself. So even though it was considered a failure, um, 
it was eventually my success. At Nike, how failure and success are interlinked um, when we have the For Once Don't Do It uh, campaign. I love that campaign. We show to the community that we cared. Uh, but at that point in time last year, internally, as a as a, a woman or as, as as a woman of color, we didn't feel feel that Nike cared. So we really brought up like, hey, we want to talk about the situation. This is also relevant in Europe. This is also relevant in Holland. And only then really conversations started to happen uh, in small groups, in, in larger groups. Um, and Nike is still kind of working on, you know, helping leaders to really find their um, uh, racial um, identity. So again, it, the internal communication didn't match the external communication, but they learned from it and they're still working to kind of better that. So for me, failure and success is, is definitely linked. But I'm also thinking it takes a lot of courage to bring that up with your employer. Yes, it did. Feeling that injustice and wanting to make a difference. Yeah, I think, I mean, I mean we, at Nike, we have um, various networks. So we also have the Black Employee and Friends Network. And, and as a community, we felt like, hey, we want, we just need to talk about this. We just need to make a change. So that's why we really brought it up. And that um, it's such an important topic and also really inspiring to hear about that risk taking and really having that courage. Yeah. I want to go back to the movie uh, piece a bit. You are a movie producer and a screenwriter and you yeah. have your own production company. And yet you yes. had no experience <laughs> when we had a chat before. You had no experience from uh, writing a movie or screenwriting or producing a movie. And you were also doing this uh, in parallel to your work at Nike. Could you just guide us through what made you take that risk and really kind of like drill down into the topic of being a movie producer and screenwriter? Yes. Um, so... Well, the reason why I took the risk was very much personal and, and from, a, from a sad place. Um, so on so, uh, April 6th, um, 2012, I, I lost my dad. Um, and, and to be even more specific, on that day, I found him face down on the floor in his apartment because he passed away from a, a sudden heart attack the evening before. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that was, of course, an, a moment of sadness. Um, and um, But it was also a moment to unlock, uh, an unlock for me. And he passed away just just really, I think it was three months before he would retire. And I remember because that April, that 6th of April was a Friday. And I remember that week really, really well um, because I was in the wow. midst, we were in the midst of um, launching the Dutch National Away jersey at retail. So it was super busy, really super busy. Um, and I didn't have the time to pick up the phone just to ask, how he's doing because I thought, you know, too busy. We'll call him over the weekend. We'll call him uh, next weekend. I was, and I still am a, a daddy's girl, but mm. I didn't know at that time that I wouldn't hear his voice again, or I didn't, uh, wouldn't hear his laughter again. Mm. And for me, that was therefore, yeah, an unlock, like 
Chininho, and, and I, I didn't mind working eh, back then. I, I love Nike. Nike was my life. Um, you know, day in, day out. I, I think many of us can, can recognize how you kind of are committed. Um, but for me, it was a moment to think, hey, Chenin, you're you're working day in, day out. Is that really what you want to do for the next coming years? If you would, if something would happen today, would you regret something? And the answer was yes, I would regret something. Yes, I don't want this to, you know, be be my life. So um, that and my father passed away in April. In May, I wrote down because my dream was many years before to make a change in the TV and film industry, make it more diverse. So he passed away in April. In May, I started writing. Um, in October, November, um, I, I decided that I wanted to create a pilot of my idea to really visualize it. Um, the year after, I started communicating and talking to different producers and, and broadcasters. And five years later, uh, the, the idea was realized as a movie. So for me, realizing that life can take an unexpected turn that made me realize like okay i'm ready to take this risk so that is kind of it's not from an a positive um point that i was like yes let's go it was really from a, a, a sad personal story but it did really um yeah made me realize like hey life is short life can be short you don't know what's gonna happen so let's go for it and put things into perspective, right? And there to follow your dream, I'm thinking. Yes, definitely, definitely. What was the reaction from Nike when you told them, I'm going to produce a movie? And then when you finally, I mean, must have spent so much time also on your spare time, pitching, writing, meeting with people, and then being, I mean, now it's on Netflix. What was the reaction from Nike? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, the, Nike has always been supportive. And I think a lot of um, employees can definitely learn, learn from that to really support your employees also on side projects or personal situations. Because it, it, I, I became a better employee also for Nike. And also the energy that I got from following my dreams, I also brought that back into the, into the business. So they have always been supportive. And they, and they have been amazed. They're, they're still amazed. Like, Janine, how in the hell did you do that? Uh, but always supportive. And at one point, I saved all my holidays. Uh, I didn't go on holiday. Um, and as soon as we were taping the, the movie, I was able to spend some time on the set. So Nike has always been supportive of my journey. And speaking about growth journey, what's your, could you share with us your best ever learning experience? I think my, my best ever learning experience is related to what happened with my, with my dad. I think that was a really a, an, a valuable learning experience, knowing that life isn't always fair, um, but with the right mindset, I call it the hustle mindset or the hustle mentality. With that right mindset and, and mentality, that's the gateway to success. Um, that's the gateway to, 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 to happiness and to a better result. And, and for me, um, the tough lesson of knowing that life can take an unexpected turn, that is one. But knowing it and acting on it are two different things. And I knew it. You know, I experienced it, but then I also went and, and followed my dream. So I think it's it was a, a valuable learning experience and it put me into really taking action. 
to follow my dreams. Wow. And speaking about tough times, uh, Nike is one of the leading companies and the leading brands in the retail industry. And the retail yeah. industry in general has had a, a very tough time during the pandemic. Yeah. How do we bounce back from this? Yeah, I, I mean, I think some retailers or some organizations or some corporations definitely also need to ask the, the, the tricky question, like, is it because of the pandemic that and COVID that things went sideways or didn't go as expected? Or was there always something within the business, within the, the, the model or the processes that, and that's the reason. So that's, that's really the, the daring question to ask yourself. But if I think um, at Nike and how they bounce back, I think they did probably two things really, more things, but two things that, that come to my mind is one, they accelerated um, initiatives that were already planned, um, like the digital transformation. So they really accelerated that. And they leveraged just existing channels um, to really connect directly with the consumer and really make sure that, that we build relationships and, and, and create loyal consumers and create members. So I think those two things are really connecting directly with the, with the consumer and accelerating some of the initiatives that were already there, in our case, the digital transformation. That was the reason why we bounced back. And if I look at, because my uh, responsibility or specialty is the sporting goods marketplace, also heavily dependent on bricks and mortar. Um, so with, with uh, the pandemic happening, that was of course a disaster, uh, but also they invested together also sometimes with Nike on their digital capabilities, the digital consumer journey, and also in storytelling. So it's accelerating existing strategies um, or really making sure that you strengthen your strengths, um, if, if you can say it like that. Mm. And what would you say is, in your view, the single most important component to get the edge over your competition in highly competitive industries? Um, I would say consumer engagement. Um, I think, and, and probably all know that consumers spend like but six, seven seconds before they kind of think like, oh, that's that's my time. I can spend that on that. You know, it's worth my time. So in those six or seven seconds, you need to convince your consumer. So I think if you really want to get that edge, investing in consumer engagement will be the best way to go and really making sure that you're ready to convince them. And Nike, in my view, has really manage to create this unique and amazing culture uh, that makes, I would say, every shop assistant a storyteller and potentially even a brand ambassador. <laughs> what's, the, what's the secret behind that? Um, yeah, I, I mean, if I look at myself, you know, I work for Nike because I love the brand. If I look at some of the most of the store athletes, they also love for, work for Nike because they really love the brand. Um, but I think when I, from a Nike direct perspective, they invested in, in a couple of things to really make sure that those store athletes are brand ambassadors. I think one over the the last couple of years, Nike showed more emotion and showed more that they cared 
for those store athletes. Um, that, that's through, through conversations. Uh, in this case, you know, now during virtual huddles. Um, but we, we showed more that we cared about the person behind the store athlete. So I think that is one, why they really feel that they are representing the brand. Um, two, probably we, we give them more ownership ownership to connect with consumers, create communities, um, um, really create like store manifestos, really give them the responsibility and that they feel ownership of, um, of their store. Um, and I would say also, and this is from a technical perspective, definitely giving them the right tools for them to connect within their store, between stores, with their consumers. So that definitely helps. Uh, and then what Nike does really well from an, an office perspective, but also in the stores, everybody has an individual de development plan. So really working with your stores, everyone, where do you want to go? What is your maybe your journey from store to uh, to to headquarters? And, and then training. I mean, training is, of course, part of how we make them store um, brand ambassadors. And that could be a training around the brand. It could be a training around visual merchandising. It could be a training about finding your purpose or, or, or your values um, or about female leadership. But training on a regular basis also makes sure that, that we have yeah, store athletes, which are really our, our brand ambassadors. Cool. So if I, if I were to summarize the Nike receipt to success, it would be show that you care as an employer. And that would definitely go back to the Jim Donald episode. So for those of you who haven't seen or uh, listened to that show, that's a that's a strong recommendation. That was a really good episode about yes. caring about your employees. Yes. And then it was giving ownership and empower your employees as well. Yes. Give them the right tools to do a good job. Uh, and I guess it's it's different technical tools. I'll uh, speak a bit more about that and ask a few questions around that shortly. Uh, secure individual development and then make sure to have a training on a regular basis to, to make sure people improve and become better and grow. Spot on. I missed something. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> so, so looking at the technical perspective of then workforce optimization what what are the benefits of using the latest technology to empower empower them please i think from a retail perspective we we have of course mobile devices um with operationals api to foremost really make sure that that customers can can, can pay uh, but also to consult stores and to to make sure that we calculate stock on hand or that through RFID we can do refills so those are really the, the the basic technology that we that we that we share with the team but also through those API um, uh, platforms that we can really facilitate internal communication training so that is really what is currently really helpful for our store athletes. When you think about um, Nike in general from a people's perspective, and I, I, I mean, I don't know the, the exact plans of Nike, but I'm guessing that the offices will become more of a connecting, getting inspired, um, more an, an, an area to get creative, um, and that people can decide their own 
work-life balance even more, uh, but that the offices become more of a, a connection point. Great. So at, at Quinix, we live by the motto that a happy workforce equals a happy business. And how can retailers of today stand out and be unique? Um, looking at kind of well, like connecting I, that with a motto. So basically uh, making sure that really putting the workforce first to kind of like create that. Yeah. yeah, I think employees are the most important thing when it comes to creating a unique experience. Um, when I think about Nike and their unique experience, um, I think about our pinnacle execution. Um, I think about House of Innovation. Um, and House of Innovation is an amazing destination because that's what you really want to become, right? A, a destination, a representation of the brand. Um, because with everything that's happening around the digital transformation, people don't come only to the stores to you know, touch and feel the product. They want to have an experience. And, and House of Innovation is exactly that. It is an amazing space. The services are spot on. Um, even for staff, the environment that they are in is, is really gorgeous. But I, not that long ago, um, there were two friends of mine that went to um, House of Innovation to shop there. And both of them um, came back and were disappointed. And that was because of the service, the, 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 the lack of service that they got in the store. So even though we set out a beautiful space with all that technology, if you don't train the staff day in, day out and make sure that they deliver that experience, you're not standing out, right? You're not being this unique um, environment and, and standing out. So it is crucial that those staff members, those store athletes are crucial and training them day in, day out that will that is what will make the difference so it's all about the people and really investing in them exactly right? exactly great thank you so we'll soon jump over to some questions from the audience and there's uh, already started to come in some questions but first i have a question from my colleague stefan um mm -hmm. It says, have you, uh, in the companies you worked for, created and lived by their mission, vision, and strategy to become successful? And can you tell us a bit more on that? I have. I think living by the mission and vision and strategy of Nike is easy um, for me. Uh, because when I started 17 years ago, and they they stole my heart um and they, they they captured my 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 heart so because i really believe in the brand it's easy uh to to really follow their their mission and vision uh, i've survived and uh four reorganizations four reorgs and every time i also personally stuck around because I believed in their strategy. I believed in, in the new direction. So as soon as you speak to the heart, I think you're able to, 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 to get people involved and, and get people behind your mission and vision. Mm -hmm. And when I think about Hustle and Heart Consultancy, 
I try to do the same, right? I try to also talk to women in business and, and talk to the heart. My company, the, the name is Hustle and Heart. So on one hand, I'm all about the hustle mentality. And on the other hand, I'm really showing those women that I care. Um, mm. So as soon as you hit the heart, talk to the heart, then it's easy to 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 live by and 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 follow and really um, yeah engage with the brand. So the quest, so the answer to, to Stefan would be yes. Yes, definitely. In the hearts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Great. Thank you. So over to some questions from the audience. Let's see here. We have uh, Julia. It says, thank you, Shannon and Johanna, for an interesting discussion. I work in agricultural industry and we have a large retail workforce. What is your advice to engage that diverse workforce? What is my advice to engage on a diverse workforce? Yeah. Um, yeah, good question. I think it's important to, to connect with them um, and, and also listen to them to see really what their, what their needs are. I think that is the most important thing to find that out and then finding the ways that you can um, um, yeah, meet those needs. But it could be through, um, you know, um, it could be something virtual, it could be something physical, but really finding out what the needs are and then connecting it. It could be something, a technical solution, but finding out what their needs are and then making sure that you connect to them. I think that is important because sometimes you want to come up with a solution without knowing what, um, what the need is. And then uh, a follow-up question. What are the best ways to reach out? Is it all letters or email? And if as HR we would like to get uh, the input from the employees, would random focus groups be the best way to go? Or what are your thoughts on that? I don't think there's a right or wrong or one answer to that. Um, if I talk from a personal perspective, I love the personal touch. I think as soon as you um, um, become more personal, more connected, more, um, um, uh, yeah, that you connect more, then you get more out of your employees. So as soon as you can get more on a face-to-face -face or, you know, live or personal really gets more, um, you get more out of your, your employees, you get more quali um, qualitative answers. Um, so again, if you have that opportunity, yes, but I don't think there's a one way fits all. Um, there'll be for different audiences, for different groups, there'll be different ways that they would like to respond or give their input. And a question from Chelsea, can you speak more to how retailers of today can stand out and be unique in the e-commerce space? What would you say that Nike has done best or had a strong focus on to stay competitive in that e-com space? Um, I think this, the storytelling, definitely. Um, we're doing a great job there. But I also think everything that we do nowadays is based on data and, and analytics. So I think that is really important because when you have that, then you can customize the journey. And so that is an important piece. Um, and just making members, making loyal, loyal members. I think that is, um, and, and so really personalize, customize, make people's journey fast, personalized. Um, I think those two aspects um, um, really help for, for e-commerce to stand out and in general to stand out with your, with your consumer. 
because people want things fast and now and yesterday um, and they want them <laughs> their own time whenever they, they, they need it. So if you can cater to that um, while telling stories, because that is the most important thing, you want to connect to them and want to share a story that they receive really well. So the, the storytelling always will remain also the, the, the number one uh, thing to connect to, uh, to an individual. So make sure to deliver it fast because people want want things fast and uh, <laughs> yesterday and connect with them and then focus on storytelling. Yeah, and, and in some cases, you, you know, people want it on their own pace, in their own, however they want it. So if it's like a one day or, you know, uh, if it's two days, but make sure that you cater to what the need is of that consumer. Great. So lots of questions coming in here. We have a question from Sam. Uh, can you please elaborate on how to create uh, on how the creative sidetrack directing uh, changed the way you operate in your more corporate way of working? Can so, you so how has the your creative sidetrack changed the way you work at Nike, I would guess? Oh, yeah. So I for me, it gave me a lot of and I'm guessing that you're talking about the, the me making the movie on the side. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. So for me, it gave me a lot of energy. That one thing, it gave me a lot of creativity, it gave me a lot of confidence, too. Um, um, and all that. I took back into the business, but also from a diversity and inclusion perspective, it was so important to me. Also that message I brought back into the, the company. So I became even more involved in our black employee and friends community or our, our, our women of EMEA community. I became really an active member there. So it was energy, it was creativity, it was confidence, it was building just a network outside and how do you do that and, and also inside. And how do you also make sure that diversity and inclusion becomes a, a plays a key role within the company i became much more of a spokesperson about that uh, within the business sounds like a true win-win to me exactly <laughs> <laughs> a question from tommy uh, how do you balance the hustle mentality with maintaining a uh, work-life balance and avoiding burnouts that's a great question yes because it's a great question because a lot of people think that the hustle mentality is about quick, 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 everything quick and, and go, go, go. And for me, because I, when my father passed away, that was also the moment that I realized I need to have more balance. But that was also the moment that I that I adopted more of the, the hustle mentality. So for me, it's it can go together. I'm a very balanced person. I'm also a very multi-passionate person. But that doesn't mean that I am like in this fast pace um, all the time and the one thing that happened when my father passed away when I came back to Nike I was working at Nike in the evenings and on holidays and the weekends and I brought that back I brought that back to okay you know and I didn't I wasn't less successful when doing that because that's what also what people think if you don't work in the evenings if you don't work in the weekends you you cannot be that successful that's not the case. You can definitely be successful on your own pace. And uh, so for me, the hustle mentality is not by doing things quick, it's by doing things smart, uh, by really following your passion. Um, and, and by that, and having a and balance is tricky work, right? Mm, yeah. Something balanced, or do you find just harmony 
and what mm. is then your harmony? I think that is the, the the key thing to find for you. What works for you, um, and and what what works for you in your life, and that is different per person, um, and that that will make sure that you don't go into a burnout. Balance is sometimes tricky because it's never life is never balanced. Uh, but but harmony is is, is a is a, a word that I use more often. But hustle mentality is not about. Which will definitely lead to at one point just it's it's too much. Also, mentality is by doing things smarter, doing things better, doing things in a team, doing things with passion. That's what the hustle mentality is about. And I heard someone say once that it's not about work-life balance; it's about finding that work-life blend. That blend harmony. Yes, that is that is a thing. Yeah. Great. So another question coming here from Christine. How can we make sure our voices are heard and equal opportunities are given to women in a male-dominant industry? Yes. Um, it, it remains a tricky one. Um, but I think just by taking the stage, uh, because a lot of, and I talk a lot with women, of course, in, in uh, with Hassan and Heart Consultancy, and a lot of women, we think like, oh, I did a, I did a great job, and people will know. They will find out. They will see it. No, you need to talk about it. You need to share it. I always say you need to do some shameless self-promotion. So by really taking the stage more often and also doing things of which you think like, oh, I don't think I'm capable of doing that. I don't I don't hit all the 10 criteria. I only hit five or six. No, by then doing it, that's how we create more equal opportunity for ourselves. So it's it's also taking uh, that responsibility ourselves to really take those stages and take those those jobs and create a, build a network, get the right mentor. All those things will help to build kind of an equal playing field. And that is my main goal with Hassan and Heart Consultancy, creating an equal playing field. Great, thank you, and great advice. Question coming here from Kent. What has been your best learning during your time with Nike? And if you would look at personal and work learnings. Um, I think work learnings, there's a lot of power in networking. Um, especially in the beginning, of course, you think like, yeah, working hard, working hard, it will get you there and, and creating successes. But networking is as important or even more important. And the other learning is make sure that you have a mentor, um, um, a coach, a mentor around you. And that could be a different person in, in different phases, but having a mentor really helps also with the networking piece and just for self-development. Um, so those are probably the two things that, 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 that stand out. And from a personal perspective, what I've learned is there's so much power in doing. Um, there's so much power into really taking that step. Uh, even if you're scared, um, even if it's outside of your comfort zone, the doing is, is will bring you so much more. Great, thank you. Yeah, one more question. Hustling and teamwork, how do you unite them? Oh, for me, I'm, I'm a type of hustler. I do everything in a team. I love work. That's also one of the, the, the first answers that I gave. I love really working in a team. I think you get so much 
further in life and so much more out of a, a project or an initiative when you do it together. Uh, so for me, there's almost nothing really that I, I do kind of by myself. Um, so I think the two are like failure and success, they're merged. Teamwork and, and hustling is also is also merged. They go hand in hand. Yes. So if you'd leave us with one key learning from today's episode, what would that be? Yeah, so I, I joined Nike about 17, 18 years ago, and I joined because they are great storytellers also. Um, but I've always I also have been growing up in an environment where failing was okay, it is much more important to, to do it, to just do it. Um, so for me, if I would leave, if you take one thing out of it is that finding your purpose really leads to a, a, a better business, a, a more happier person. While finding your purpose, always tell your story. It is okay to fail. It is more important to just do it. So I think that would be my main message, purpose, storytelling okay to fail if you just do it just do it that's yeah. uh, that's <laughs> such a great motto <laughs> and if i were to summarize what you said also in the beginning how to create a culture of hustling it was all about people hired great people make sure to share success internally celebrate the effort even though you didn't win celebrate the efforts and show some guts. Yes, yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Yeah. And finally, if you were to recommend another leader to join this show, who would that be? Um, well, um, I think if, if you think about leaders in retail or in, um, yeah, and in retail, I always, and I haven't been there for, for a long time, but um, in the physical store, but Louis Vuitton has always been, um, I've always been amazed with the service that they give. Um, if you look at the same goes for hospitality, if you look at, uh, for example, the Ritz Carlton, um, those I've always also been amazed with kind of the, um, um, the, the, the service that I get there. If you look from a personal or a, a personal perspective, I love the, the, the founders of a daily paper. Um, they are doing amazing, amazing things. Just open a store in, in New York. Um, yeah, that would be kind of my, my tips for, for, for next episodes. Brilliant. Thank you. We will for sure look into it. So thank you so much. It's time to wrap up. And thank you so much, Janine, for sharing your insights here today. It's been a true pleasure having you here. You're and thank welcome. you, everyone, for, for joining the show today. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes and exciting guests. And remember, success comes to those who hustle. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.